Take your Bibles, go to Isaiah chapter 6 tonight. As we start off this revival meeting, I know many have been praying. Our folks are praying tonight for this meeting, and uh, I just, I love this church. I, I just, uh, I, I'm so, I got so tongue-tied up last time I was here, and, and just uh, seeing so many people, I look out and I just see people we uh, that we love and that love us and that we serve together, you know, that's going to be part of you know, the, the great family reunion one day of heaven. Brother Gill, when, praise God, we have perfect bodies, no hurts, no aches, no heartaches, amen. And we just, we look back and say, boy, the Lord let us serve together, didn't we? Amen. We got, we got to serve him together. And uh, boy, I, I mean, just looking around and thinking of all the people, so many in here that were a blessing to uh, Carrie and I when we were here. And uh, of course, we uh, just had Eric when we were here, and he was just a little guy, and uh, Luke was real little, and look at that, he's crashing out right now. As, at our church, I know if I preached a good message and I walk by the pews and like 18 of the kids in the church are just all zonked out, amen, and some of the adults are, you know, just, you, you want to you take like a little spitball and just throw it right in there, amen, see if you can get them, but uh uh, just so many people were so kind to us. Brother Gill, I'm sure you feel the same. By the way, I was thinking of your sweet mom when you were up here praying. I, your mom was so kind to Carrie and I. She was so kind to us. And so many of you that way. Gene, I see you out there. God bless you. I, I think of your kindness to us and you and Jeff. And when you were going through a real trial yourself with that fire that you folks had and helped us move and uh, we we had a brand new baby and, you know, had... Eric was crawling around like a madman, amen, and, uh, and I'll never forget, we're leaving, um, we're leaving to head to Loomis Park Baptist Church, I'm candidating, we, we pull down 8 and get on 84 and start to head that under route, I, by the way, I always go the over route now, I don't know why, amen, but I'm heading on that under route, and, and I must have been in a pocket where uh, I couldn't get a cell service, because uh, I, when I got out of that pocket, Miss D, uh, I said I had a voicemail, and I listen to that voicemail, and it says, all right, you're 72 hours from becoming the pastor of Loomis Park Baptist Church. This is your boss, Pastor Schott, in New Hartford, Connecticut. Don't, don't worry about me. I'm just on, I'm on the ledge of a 10-story building right now. And I'll be fine. I, it's going to work out just fine. I, I think the police will be able to talk me down, and, and uh, we'll, we'll be able to live without you, you know. <laughs> Oh my goodness, I think about the wonderful times that Pastor and I had, and uh, we did. We just had just great fellowship and served the Lord together, and uh, uh, I, I've had him out to our church several times, and uh, by the way, he, we had him, I remember we had him um, in 2014 after Katia was born, and uh, because he had dedicated our boys and uh, I said, would you come out and dedicate our little girl, too? It'd be special to us, amen, that you were the preacher that did that. And he comes out, and of course, he always says, oh, you know, I, I don't know why you asked me to come out, and I, I, I just, you, you know how he is. He's, he, he, listen, he's very self-effacing. And by the way, I would rather have somebody who's self-effacing than self-grandizing. Hmm? And I always tell him, I said, the reason I have you out is to make me look good. No, I'm just kidding, amen. It's just, no, that's not true. That's not true, amen. No, I said, the re, and this is the truth. I heard this years ago. Matter of fact, Pastor and I were at a conference when I heard this. An older preacher, he was talking about how when he was a young preacher, he used to have in preachers that he thought his people needed to hear. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's, that's good. You know, it's, you want to have in men. I, you know, you mentioned some of the preachers we had for our tent meeting. I, I brought them in because I think they could be a help to my people. But this preacher, this older preacher said, but after pastoring for 25 years, he said, he said this. He said, I realize that I need to bring in men that I need to be around, that help me. Because then it lasts a lot longer than the meeting. It goes on, the conversations you have. The Bible says, as iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. And the truth is, every so often, I just need to be around this guy. 
Just as simple as that, amen, and uh, he's kind enough to let me come and, and uh, hopefully split the church this week, amen, and uh, <laughs> amen. Let's all stand, Isaiah chapter 6, I want to preach to you a simple message, I think it'll set the tone for the rest of this week, it's a simple message, simple title called Look, 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 Isaiah chapter 6 verses 1 through 8. If you would, let's read responsibly. I love that we do that at our church, Pastor. Amen. It's so wonderful to hear God's people reading God's word aloud. I'll read the odd-numbered verses. You read the even-numbered verses aloud with me through verse number 8. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face. And with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone. Because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this has touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin is purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. Father, please bless the reading of your word now to our hearts as we preach. Lord, fill us and use us. Lord, may it be one message for many hearts tonight. And may you do the work that only you can do tonight. Lord, we surrender to you, submit to you. And Lord, try to do our best for you. We ask that you do the rest. Lord, we love you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. You may be seated. Isn't God good to us? Amen. <laughs> Have you thought about how good God has been to you this last week? Were we free this last week here in America? We sure were. Amen. Did we eat this week? Well, I'm looking around and I'm thinking maybe. Amen. And my suit fits just fine. Amen. Hallelujah. Did we lose our heavenly citizenship this week? No, we didn't. Amen. <laughs> were we confined to a sick bed? No. Think about it. I think about God's goodness in my life. I think about my salvation. I'm 46 years old. I got saved 23 years ago. Just this year, Pastor, I, I passed being saved longer than I was lost. Now, for some of you, you got saved at five years old. It's that when you turned 10, you were saved uh, longer than you were lost. But I got saved as an adult, and it's special, amen, to kind of just turn that corner. Think about the, the day I got saved at Mountain View Baptist Church. And by the way, I was thinking about it last week, Pastor. Uh, Sunday night, Lord willing, we'll be at Mountain View Baptist Church. That's our home church where I got saved. And uh, I'll be preaching for Pastor Korea that night. And I, I got really got weepy about it. I, I was just thinking about the fact that, praise God, the church that I got saved in hasn't changed and it hasn't compromised, amen. And, and I could walk right into that pulpit and, and, and preach uh, just like somebody was preaching the day I got saved. What a blessing. I think of my salvation. I think of my relationship with Christ. You know what? My relationship with Christ, uh, how uh, I'm so glad it's not completely dependent upon me, but completely dependent upon him. Listen, and I understand, listen, I can do things that hinder my relationship with Christ. So can you. We can get out of fellowship with him, but we'll never get out of our sonship. Amen. It will be a child of God. Well, I think about my, my wife, and we've been married 22 years now. It's, it's incredible, the time is just flying by, amen, and how God has blessed us. And I think about my children and, and how I think they're all sleeping except Eric right now. Eric's awake, amen, and just how God has blessed us with healthy children and uh, what a blessing that is, amen. I, I think about my church. I love my church. Love my church. I love Loomis Park Baptist Church. 
uh, just the precious people. Pastors mentioned the situation with our house and how, how people have stepped up and loved us and not only loved us in word, Pastor, but loved us in deed as well. Just uh, we're a wonderful church. I just thank God for my church and I thank God for my health. I, think, I thank God for uh, the five senses that we have. Amen? Think about that. Uh, the fact that you can hear. I, I, I used to say, and I, I still don't know, Brother Parmer, if I agree with myself. You know, I, I disagree with myself a lot. Amen? Uh, I used to say I would rather lose my sight than my hearing. And I don't know if I agree with that 100% because we see so many beautiful things. But I'll tell you what, I love Pastor, out in, out in the country, uh, we got all the chirpers, all the frogs, and all the birds singing their symphony every morning, saying, glory to God, amen, glory to God. I think about beautiful music that I've heard, and I think about preaching and uh, people's voices. You know, when our pastor's son passed away, Brother Eric Tharp, uh, he had left a voicemail on my cell phone, and I kept that voicemail for probably about 60 days, Miss D., just to hear his voice, hearing, touch, amen. Think about touch even tonight as we're shaking hands and hugging. What a blessing that those five senses are, hearing, touch, taste, smell, sight, thinking about being able to walk and talk and think. And, and I'm trying to get us to say we're blessed tonight, amen. amen. We're blessed. The prophetic book of Isaiah that we read from tonight, it it breaks down into three major sections. For you Bible scholars out there, we have prophecies of condemnation in verse chapters 1 through 35 against Judah and against the nations and against the day of the Lord and judgment. And then we have a, the parenthesis of King Hezekiah, verses, or chapter 36 through 39. And then we have the prophecies of comfort, the deliverance and the deliverer and the glorious future of Israel. And, and someone has called the book of Isaiah a miniature Bible. Your Bible has 66 books. Book of Isaiah has 66 chapters. The first 39 books of your Bible deal with justice and judgment. The last 27 books of your Bible deal with comfort and blessing. The first 39 chapters of Isaiah deal with justice and judgment. The last 27 with comfort. Matter of fact, chapter 40, verse 1 says, Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith the Lord your God. Chapter 6, we see in verses 1 through 3, we see the vision. Isaiah has a vision here, amen. And he gets, he, you see that in, in verse 1, it says, in the, uh, that in the year of King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train filled his temple. And after he has that vision, we'll look at that in a little bit here, but there's a reaction. There's the reaction of the posts of the door that move. You know, boy, I tell you what, I love it when it says about the Lord that his voice is as many thunders. Many waters, Brother Gill, amen. I, I was driving home, Pastor, when I left uh, here last time, and I was driving up Route 8 uh, to hook up with Massachusetts Route 20 and then get on the Mass Pike and head west, and, and I was going along the Farmington River there on Route 8, and uh, I literally just opened up the window and I could hear the water rushing. And hey, Pastor mentioned there are no hills in Jackson, Michigan. It, there's really not, amen. Like literally, we have one river in, in, in Jackson, Michigan. It's called the Grand River, and trust me, it's not that grand. It's just not, amen. And I remember, Pastor, I actually pulled over, and I took a video of that water, that, that the Farmington River it was just moving and, and rushing. I said, one of the things I miss most about New England is moving water. And you, you listen to it and, it, and it's rushing, it makes that sound, and you know what the Bible talks about the Lord, that hear his voice move the posts of the door. The house was filled with smoke. What was Isaiah's reaction? Woe is me. Woe is me. Then there's a purification in verses 6 and 7, not only the vision and the reaction, but the purification in verses 6 and 7. He said he was a man of unclean lips, and God made a way for him to be clean. Hey, aren't you glad tonight, ladies and gentlemen, that though we're unclean, 
that God makes a way that we can be clean before him. Do you know, when you confess sin to God, and by the way, Pastor, good choice on the water, Poland Spring, good choice, amen, hallelujah, amen. When you have a name like Zavatsky, you appreciate Poland, amen. <laughs> God made a way where we could be clean. And if we confess our sins, he, he, he is faithful and just. Faithful means every time. Every time. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You say, I, I, I've got trouble. I, I've got this besetting sin. Keep confessing it. Keep repenting of it. You say, but I keep repenting of it. I keep doing it again. And you say, God, this is the 15th time I've confessed this sin to you. God says, no, it's the first time because I've been faithful and just to forgive it all the other times. Gives us a clean slate, the vision, the reaction, the purification. And then Isaiah gets his commission, doesn't he, in verse 8. Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said, here am I, send me. You know, you think about it. You think about the, the death of King Uzziah was a, was a national tragedy. He had reigned righteously over Judah and uh, he had reigned for 52 years. He began his reign at the, just the age of 16. And the Bible says in 2 Kings 15.3 that he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. By the way, he wasn't perfect. Like so many kings that we read about, even some of the good kings, pastor in Judah, the Bible says, but he destroyed not the high places where they offered sacrifice to idols, 2 Kings 15, 4. He was lifted up with pride due to his victories. He usurped the priest's office. He was struck by God with leprosy. Now at the age of 68, he was dead. And the nation was overwhelmed and Isaiah was stunned. However, in this day of dark clouds here in this text, there was a sunbeam. Isaiah saw the Lord. See, he'd had his eyes on Uzziah for so long that he forgot to look the Lord. You know, when I was a young person in the 70s and 80s, and I know for some of you that's not that long ago, amen. Do you know, do you know what old is? Old is 20 years older than you. Do you know what young is? 20 years younger than you. If you're 20, 40 is old. If you're 40, 60 is old. If you're 60, 80 is old, amen, and vice versa, go all the way down. So I, I remember I, I had this record player that my mother had gotten for me. How, how many of you remember those old book and records, amen, the old book and records, amen? It'd be, uh, uh, I had the Superman one, Superman. Anybody remember that? Uh, Superman, the man from Krypton, it'd say, faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. And then they would say, look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's Superman. Amen. Listen. Look. You know, you know what we need to do to have a successful revival? Look. 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 Amen. And I want to give you some looks from the Bible, and then we'll get back to the text. I, I won't depart from the text, I promise. But let me give you some looks, amen, some looks of life. You know what? There's the dismaying outward look. And that's found in uh, Matthew 24, verse 12. It talks about how uh, the love of many shall wax cold, Pastor. You look, look around, you look around at society and you look around about the way things are going. I was preaching last night and I was preaching on, uh, I was preaching, or uh, Sunday morning rather, I was preaching on Satan's number one target. I may preach it this week, I don't know. Uh, but I was talking about if you, don't, if you don't know that there's a devil, all you got to do is watch the first 15 minutes of news. And you'll know there's a devil. And you look around and, 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 and things just get worse and worse. And by the way, the Bible does say that in the last days perilous times shall come. It does say that evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived, according to 2 Timothy 3.13. Amen. We look around and if we're not careful, we can get dismayed just by looking around. 
the dismaying outward look. Truth trampled, sin advancing. Pastor, apathy from the people of God. I, listen, I said at my church, our, our, uh, our tent meeting was wonderful, but it was poorly attended. We're so distracted in these days, amen, where we should be so much the more as we see the day approaching, amen. I tell our people all the time, I said, listen, if you're looking for a pastor who's going to give you less church, you better fire me. You know why? Because it's not the time for less church. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but so much the more as you see the day approaching. And by the way, I'm not reproving you. You're here on a Monday night, amen. Boy, the dismaying outward look. But then there's the, another look I see in the Bible is a dismissing sideward look. Remember the story of Moses, the very beginning of the story. Of course, you remember his sweet mother and, and uh, pushed him down in the ark. And that, that, by the way, that's such a story of the providence of God, amen, and how God is truly in charge of it all, Amen. And you remember what happened, how he grew up in the palace, and then he, he, saw, his, uh, he saw a taskmaster beating his uh, uh, countrymen, amen, one of his Hebrews. And you know what the Bible says? The Bible says he looked this way and that way. And then he killed the Egyptian, remember? You know, sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, we do, we look this way and that way. Say, what's the dismissing sideward look? That's when we compare ourselves with each other. Hmm? And we say, well, my sin is not as bad as his sin or her sin. Or, you know, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10, 12, we dare not compare ourselves amongst ourselves. We dare not make ourselves and compare ourselves amongst ourselves. And those that do are not wise, the Bible says. Why? Because that's not our standard. As much as Pastor Schott sets the standard for conduct here, Pastor, you're not the standard. He's the standard. Amen? So there's the dismaying outward look. There's the dismissing sideward look. You know what, ladies and gentlemen, if you're like me, you have the distressing inward look. Say, what's the distressing inward look? Paul said it. He said, the things I do... The things, I, the things I know I should do, I don't do. And the things I know I shouldn't do, I do. What's the distressing inward look? Oh, wretched man that I am. Don't, by the way, don't look at me with those halos on your heads tonight. The only thing holding them up is your horns. Amen? Bunch of visitors from heaven tonight. Oh, no, no, I, I never have a distressing inward look past. Well, good for you, but I sure do. Amen? I know, I know what I was when God saved me, and I know what I still am. And thank God there is a difference, but I'm still, I still have this old flesh, this old flesh that wants to do what it wanted to do 23 years ago when I got saved. Pastor, it still wants to do what it wants to do. So there's the dismaying outward look. There's the dismissing sideward look. There's the distressing inward look. There's the disastrous backward look. No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking. I'm learning that now, Pastor. I started mowing that seven acres. Thank the Lord, I got a nice John Deere tractor. Hallelujah. Takes me four hours to mow, Pastor. Four hours. I'll tell you what. I've learned that I've got to focus on a point out there and stay on it. And if I don't, one of my kids says, oh, God, and I look back and, amen, that thing's going all over the place, amen. Same thing in our Christian life. Hmm? Same thing, the disastrous backward look. Hey, who looked backward? I remember Lot's wife. And by the way, she takes a, takes a beating usually. Maybe she looked back, Pastor, because her children and grandchildren were back there in Sodom. But what happened? She became a pillar. She died just like that. Disastrous backward look. But what we have in our text here, and we want to just focus on the few minutes that we have left, is the delightful upward look. 
Amen? The delightful upward look, the dismaying outward look, dismissing sideward look, distressing inward look, disastrous backward look, the delightful upward look. And it's in verse one. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. There's a New Testament corollary to this verse. Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which does so easily beset us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him, or look, consider him, think about it, consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your mind. You know what the key to the Christian life is? Looking unto Jesus. The key to the Christian life. Looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus when you're happy. Looking unto Jesus when you're sad. Looking unto Jesus when you're on top of the world. Looking unto Jesus when you're deep in the valley. Amen. Looking unto him. The delightful upward look. We see it in our text. Simple applications. When we look to him, when we engage in that delightful upward look, some things happen. Some things happen. I, I think about that delightful uh, upward look in the 34th Psalm, I believe it is. Psalm chapter 34, verse number 5 says, They looked unto him and were lightened. Their faces were not ashamed. I think about Moses. Remember, Pastor? When he spent 40 days and 40 nights with God. And what did it say? It says his face shone. <laughs> I say in our church sometimes, we, we sing a song. I'm so happy, here's the reason why. Jesus took my burden all away. And I look out and people are singing like this. I'm so happy, here's the reason why. Might as well used to say to Dr. Malone in Bible college. Dr. Malone, why don't you smile? I said, I am smiling. Amen. <laughs> I look out, I said, we're singing a song called, I'm so happy. I said, some of you need to tell your face about it, amen. I said, how many of you are happy? Amen, amen, amen. It was, tell your face. Like you've been baptized in pickle juice, amen. <laughs> Sucking lemons for a living, amen. My heavens. Listen, that delightful upward look. Yeah, I, I, I like the fact, listen, and, and I understand. Listen, pastor, I understand we could fake it. See, this is inside talk right here between preachers. Brother Gill, sometimes we gotta fake it. True story. Hey, people need us to be happy, and that's the truth, even when we're not. But I'll tell you what, most times, the reason we're not is just we haven't had that delightful upward look. That delightful upward look. What, what happens when we have that uh, delightful upward look? We gain uh, some things, amen? I want you to look at this text, and, and again, I, I hope this will help for, for the meeting. Number one, uh, the first thing that we gain through that delightful upward look is an awareness of his character. Verses one through four, look at it again in Isaiah 6. What do we see there? He saw the Lord high and lifted up, and he saw the seraphims flying about. In verse number 3, look at it. And the Bible says, And one cried unto another, said what? Holy. 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 Amen. The Lord of hosts, the earth is full of his glory. Ladies and gentlemen, when we uh, commence with that delightful upward look, we will get a new awareness of his character and we will never, 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 never have revival until we understand that God is holy. I'm tired, pastor, of churches compromising with holiness. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of churches loosening things up, Brother Ray. And I'll tell you what gets lost in the loosening. God's holiness. He's not the man upstairs. 
He's not the old man in the sky. He's not some old grandpa. He's holy God. I'll tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, we, we really truly commence with that upward look. We get a vision of God and we're going to get a new awareness of his character, who he is, holy and just and righteous. And by the way, thank God, is merciful and loving and gracious. I'll tell you what, the hub of his attributes is his holiness. Everything, every spoke, every spoke comes off of that. The hub of his attributes is holiness. The awareness of his, we'll get a new awareness of his character. I'll tell you what, verse five, look at it. Then said I, woe is me. For I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have what? Seen, right? Seen the King, the Lord of hosts. What do we see there? We see not only an awareness of his character, we see an alarm of our own carnality. An alarm of our own carnality. If we walk in sins and in the flesh, not think twice about it, it's proof positive, Pastor, we haven't taken that delightful upward look. Because when we do, when we, if we could just say it this way, when we really get a glimpse of God, ladies and gentlemen, we know right away of our sinfulness. I got saved at 23 years old. My hair was down here. Many of you have heard the story. I was in a rock band and working in another rock band and DJing a rock heavy metal radio show and all. And I, listen, I remember, I remember, I remember what it was to truly get a vision of God and to realize that I couldn't keep doing the things that I was doing. I'll never forget being at a club in Springfield, Massachusetts, and I was a, a drum tech for my friend's band, so his, his drum set would be back here, and they'd have all these column speakers here, just, I remember guys just sitting right in front of it, just doing this, like, oh my goodness, those guys, they're probably 38 years old and can't hear a thing now, amen. I used to stand behind them and just kind of monitor things and make sure if something fell over, I'd have to fix it and get, you know, get a stick if you lost a stick, and I remember looking out and uh, seeing everybody, seeing all that flesh and all that carnality and sensuality, and I'd probably been saved for about a month, and I remember just the sweet Holy Ghost whispering, saying, you don't belong here. You belong to me. Listen, you could take any sin and put it in there. If you truly get a vision of God, you'll realize, I'm a wretch. You know what Peter did when he got a vision of Jesus? When, when, when Jesus said in Luke chapter 5, Peter been out fishing all night long, experienced fisherman, and here came this rabbi and said, why don't you cast your net on the other side? Think about how you would have felt if you were an experienced fisherman and somebody came up to you and said, give you this advice. Why don't you cast your net on the other side? Said, well, we toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word we will. And the Bible says that the the, the hall was so great that the net began to break. And you know what Peter did? He fell down and he said to Jesus, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. Tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, you know what, you, know, you know what we need to have revival? We need an awareness of our carnality. An awareness of our carnality. Just, just the fact, it's, it's an alarm. It's an alarm that goes off. Not only an awareness of his character and the alarm of our carnality. I love this in verses 6 and 7. Look at it. it. said, Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand. And he had taken with the tongs off the altar, and he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips. Thine iniquity is taken away. Thy sin is purged. Well, this could be a whole sermon on repentance, Brother Ray. This, this whole passage, Amen. What it really is. When we get an awareness of his character, there's an alarm of our carnality. You know what he does, Pastor? He gives us an assurance of his care. He did something about the problem. He didn't leave it up to Isaiah to do something about the problem. He took care of it. Aren't you glad at the cross he took care of it? Oh, I, I've, I've often preached one of my favorite passages to preach on, Pastor, is Matthew chapter 18. 
the man who owed the debt of 10,000 talents, the unforgiving servant. And you remember, he, he told that story about this man who was a servant and owed a debt of 10,000 talents. Now, we read that in our Bibles. We think, well, that's a lot. Let me tell you, that's way more than a lot. He could, Brother Paul, he could have lived 10 lifetimes and never paid that back. When you read the whole story and you realize he was forgiven, the, 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 the man who had kept giving and giving and giving and giving to that man, the Lord of that man, uh, he looked at him, he fell down before him and said, have patience with me, I will pay thee all. He never could have paid it off. Never, never, never. But the Bible says the Lord was moved with compassion and forgave him the debt. And what he should have done was walked out of there singing Oklahoma. Everything's going my way, amen? But you know what he did? He found somebody that owed him 100 pence, a month's salary. And the Bible says he grabbed him by the throat and said, pay me what thou owest. Say, what, what, is, that, what is that talking about? I'll tell you what it's talking about, ladies and gentlemen. It's talking about you and I that have been forgiven of a debt that we could never repay. And that's our sin debt. And how we can have unforgiveness in our hearts toward others. Listen, the truth is, Pastor, the Lord took care of it. He paid the debt. Here, Isaiah had a problem. He was a man unclean. He was a man undone. He dwelled in the midst of a people of unclean lips. And you know what God says here? He gives us an assurance of his care. I mentioned I went to Midwestern Baptist College. And I had Dr. Tom Malone was our pastor for two years. Great preacher. Just a great Bible preacher. Simple preacher. His favorite verse, every time he would sign a Bible, he would always sign this verse, Brother Ray, Romans 8.32. You know what that says? Talking about the assurance of his care. The Bible says, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? You know what Jesus said? He said, You being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children. How much more shall your heavenly Father Give good gifts to them that ask. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, there's an assurance of his care, but it follows an awareness of our carnality or an alarm at our carnality and awareness of his character. See, we want the assurance of his care, but we don't want an awareness of his character, right? Well, we just want to be able to do our own thing and let, let God will take care of it. No, no, there's a process to it here we got to have an awareness of his character. The fact that God is holy. We need to have an alarm at our carnality. The fact that I see myself as sinful. And when that happens, there's an assurance of his care. But then you know what we see in our lives after that? We gain a new alignment with his compassion. Not only we gain a new awareness of his character, an alarm of our carnality, Assurance of his care, but there's an alignment with his compassion. See it in chapter 6, verse 8. Chapter 6, verse 8, look at it. It says, also I heard the voice of the Lord. Isn't it neat how he saw and now he heard? He said, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then said I, after an awareness of his character, after an alarm of his carnality, after the assurance of his care, then said I, hear him, I, send me. See, that's an alignment with his compassion. You know what Jesus said to his disciples? He said, say ye not four months and then cometh harvest. I say unto you, Look on the fields, for they are white already unto harvest. A couple of years ago, a man in my church, good friend, his name's Joe Pudell. We call him Uncle Joe. I just call him Unc. 
Some older, he's, he's single, he's about 50. Some older ladies in our church call him Unk the Hunk, amen? <laughs> Owns his own business, security company, and he, uh, he uh, out our way, we are, we are in Jackson, Michigan. We're 30 miles from Ann Arbor and 30 miles from Lansing. And you say, what's that? We are in the middle of the Michigan, Michigan State Civil War, which doesn't seem like much out here in Connecticut because you have Yukon. Just, but let me tell you something, Big Ten football out there is a really big deal, amen? And Uncle Joe said, hey, he said, I want to take you, I want to take you to the big house. I said, well, isn't that right up the road from our church? We got five prisons within two miles of our church, the big house, amen? He said, no, no, Michigan Stadium, Michigan Stadium. I said, okay, so I'm going to take you to the Michigan-Ohio State game, the last game of the year. I said, wow, okay. So we went and we tailgated. And uh, I didn't drink a thing, and neither did Uncle Joe, amen. We just had, uh, uh, we cooked up some things and hot dogs and all that. We had brats, and, and by the time we got in there, we were like, oh my goodness, I'm not gonna fit in my seat, amen. We got, I'm telling you what, you never seen anything like that in your life. 115,000 people. I just, it was incredible just to look at. I was like, they have gigantic TV screens in each end zone, Pastor. I found myself watching the TV. I said, what am I doing? I could be doing that at home, amen. I said, keep your eyes on the field, amen. And I remember thinking, Brother Gill, what I wouldn't give to get a hold of the sound system for just one and say, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting. Listen, let me, let, me, let me share something with you in my own life, when I don't have an awareness of his character, you say, do you have, do you have that every day? But no, we, we, have to, we have to look. Huh? We have to look. It's an action. When I don't have an awareness of his character, pastor, I don't have an alarm of my carnality. Don't necessarily have an assurance of his care, though I know he's there. But I'll tell you what I definitely don't have when I don't have those things. I don't have an, an alignment with his compassion. I don't see people around me as souls on their way to hell. I see them as an annoyance. Traffic. Come on. An alignment with his compassion. Here's an old clipping. On occasion, I meet Christians who tell me they once felt definitely called into the Lord's service. And by the way, we're all called into the Lord's service. Amen. Every one of us, amen. But through some changing circumstance or some obstacle the devil threw in their way, they never said with Isaiah, here am I, send me. Instead, their reply to God's insistent demand was, I'm sorry, Lord, I can't make it. Ten future missionaries heard God's call divine. One was married wrongly. That left only nine. Nine future missionaries. They could hardly wait. Mother needed one. That left only eight. Eight future missionaries bound for God in heaven. One got to making money. That left only seven. Seven future missionaries. If only each one sticks. One lost out completely. That left only six. Six future missionaries for the Lord alive. One preferred the homeland. That left only five. Five future missionaries wait an open door. One grew tired of waiting, and that left only four. Four future missionaries bound for eternity, one no longer willing, that left only three. Three future missionaries for the need, how few, one the board rejected, that left only two. Two future missionaries, a daughter and a son, one developed ulcers, that left only one. One future missionary thanked the Lord for him. He refused to ever let the vision dim. Body, soul, and spirit, he did to God yield. Now for years he labored in the foreign field. God in heaven rejoices, bless this child of mine. You have done my will. But what about the nine? Verse 
I'm sorry, Lord, I can't make it. You know, a delightful upward look will produce an awareness of his character, an alarm of our carnality, an assurance of his care, an alignment with his compassion. And then lastly tonight, it'll produce an alertness for his coming. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus Christ could come before we end the service tonight. He could come when you're on the job tomorrow. Would he find you faithful? Would he find you faithful? Would he find you with an awareness of his character? Would he find you with an alarm of your own carnality? Would he find you with an assurance of his care? Would he find you aligned with his compassion? Would he find you just waiting for him to come? You know, the Bible says this. What a great verse. 1 John 3, 2. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Not one day we're going to be the sons of God. Now. Now we are the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. Boy, there's been all kinds of speculation on that, Pastor Palmer. What's it going to be like? What kind of body are we going to have? And is it going to be, uh, we know this, the Bible says flesh and blood shall not inherit the kingdom of God. I know this, but the Bible says we'll know as we're known. Amen. I, I don't know how it's going to be, and neither is anybody else. That's what John's saying. Beloved, now are you the sons of God, and it doth not yet, it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when, we, when he shall appear, we shall be like him, just like we were when he created us out of the dust of the earth. In the image of God created he them, male and female created he them. We shall be like him, for we shall see him. Boy, can you imagine that day when faith becomes sight? We shall see him as he is. But then the Bible goes on to say this. And every man, this is 1 John 3, 2 and 3. Every man that hath this hope, and that's the return of Christ, in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. You know what, ladies and gentlemen? If, if we have an alertness of his coming, we're gonna keep short accounts with God. Doesn't mean we'll never sin. Doesn't mean we'll never stumble, pastor. It just means this. If we know that he could come at any moment, I wanna be right with him when he comes. I want him to say, well done, Thou good and faithful servant, not, well, I guess I have to let you in because I have to keep my word. I don't want to be saved yet so as by fire. We had a dear friend, I'll close with this. We had a dear friend, pastors 15 miles down the road. We have such a wonderful fellowship, pastor. Of uh, There's about five or six of us pastors that get, to bre- get together for breakfast once a month and we just have good fellowship. I'm so thankful for it. We're, we're not competing with each other. Amen? We're, we're all on the same team. And this young pastor, he's 10 years younger than I am. See, see what I said about young? Amen? 10 years younger than I am. He's a young guy. Young buck. Amen? And he was in his home one night. Good night. It's been like eight years ago, I think, honey. Amen? Think about. He was in his home and he woke up and he heard a strange sound. Uh, and he, he couldn't figure it out. And, he, you know, of course, you know, it's nighttime and you adjust your eyes. And he began to see, saw in the wall a little bit of a spark in the wall. And thankfully, right away, he said to his wife and children, everybody up and out now. And I think he has, at that time, I think he had like six children. I think he's got nine or ten now. And they all just marched right out and within 20 minutes, Brother Gill, that house was engulfed in flames. Absolutely engulfed. And it was a, what it was was a critter in the wall had bit into a wire. Just. And there he was. And I remember talking to him. And our, our church was so kind. We, we did gift cards. See, we don't, forgive me, we don't like Uncle Sam knowing what we do. So we bought a whole bunch of gift cards, paid the extra $3 on each gift card just so Uncle Sam wouldn't know what we were. And we gave him, I don't know, $2,000 worth of gift cards. We said, look, everybody's probably giving you all these wonderful things, but we know you need to buy underwear and socks and all these other things, amen. But you know what he said? He said, you know, you're standing there and you're watching your home go up in flames. 
And it's not, it wasn't the suits and the guns and, you know, books. All that stuff can be replaced, amen. But he talked about, he's like, man, there was my wife and I, our wedding album before digital, amen. Pictures my kids had drawn me. He said, and there I was just standing there and all these, just, just a pile of ashes. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says the judgment seat of Christ is gonna try our lives and works and motives. And what we put in is either gonna be wood, hay, and stubble, and it's gonna go up just like that and it'll be nothing but a pile of ashes or gold, silver, and precious stones. Say, how can I have gold, silver, and precious stones? I'll tell you a great way to start. Look. Why? Because it'll give you an awareness of his character, which is what we need to live the Christian life. We need awareness of his character. It'll give you an alarm of your carnality. It'll give you an assurance of his care. It'll give you an alignment with his compassion, and it'll give you an alertness of his coming. Tonight's message, look. I saw the Lord high and lifted up. Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your word, what it means to us. We pray that you would please bless this message to the hearts of your people tonight. Lord, I believe we're in the midst of a people that desire revival, desire for you to speak to their hearts. I pray right now as we have this invitation that we'd become singularly introspective, Lord. It wouldn't be my brother or my sister, but it's me, O oh Lord, that you're speaking to. Do I truly have an awareness of your character? Do I truly have an alarm about my own carnality? Or am I like Moses? I just dismiss my sin by looking this way and that way, looking at everybody else. Lord, help me to look inside tonight. You said when you were speaking of the Lord's table, but let a man examine himself. I pray that you'd help us to do that tonight. Lord, we know if we'll do that, and if you put your finger on some things in our lives that need correcting, would you give us the temerity to correct them? the boldness to correct them. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Let's stand. Some have already come to the altar. The altar's open. You'd like to come tonight. Maybe it's just been a long time since you got a good look at the Lord. Please go ahead and play there, Miss Rebecca. Just the piano right now. That's right, that's right. It's a revival meeting.